I'm Ray, and say hi to Joe. Hi. Hi. Uh, Jerry Longo was a uh, uh, detective sergeant in our Connecticut State Police. He's now the top investigator at Mohegan Sun. And uh, he's got an interesting story. It has to do with a gentleman who for years yeah. has created what were called mass quantities of undetectable slot machine tokens. And uh, Jerry uh, caught up with uh, Louis Calavecchio at Mohegan Sun and put the cuffs on him. And we want to talk to him now. Sergeant, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? Good to have you on. Good, thanks. Thanks for being with us. So when at, the, at Mohegan Sun were you first aware that... Calavecchio was uh, was infiltrating your casino with uh, fake coins. Well, the story is a long one, but we're going to keep it short. I got notice from the New Jersey State Police that they were getting counterfeit tokens down there, and I was an investigator working assigned to both casinos, Fox with Dan Mohegan Sun. Right. So uh, the way they caught him was inventory. Uh, what happened was he was bringing the fake tokens in, which were almost as good, if not better, than the original, yeah. and they were piling up. Okay. Let's say the casino had a thousand ten dollar tokens. God. Well, next Tuesday they had eleven hundred. <laughs> yeah. You know, they aren't rabbits, they're not multiplying by themselves, somebody's <laughs> bringing them in. So, so, we, so it became a uh, an accounting, almost an accounting issue, where we were monitoring the levels of tokens coming in every day. And uh, his big mistake was using hundred dollar tokens, when he went to the hundred dollar slot machine. Yeah. Years. There's a heavier concentration of cameras on, on larger numbers. Yeah. So. Hey, Jerry, this is Sergeant, let me ask a question. I mean, yeah. did this guy make money? In other words, when he took like the $10 coin and used it to play a machine, was he, you know, was he making money? He was making, well, you've got to figure, if you could go to the casino every day and play for free, yeah, although apparently from what I understand, he actually, well, first of all, this guy, is, it's fun reading about uh, Calavecchio, because this guy had quite a history. He had a history going back to when he was a, a, a kid. Yeah, yeah. You know, one, of the, one of the first things he did was he ripped off the, the world, uh, uh, no, geez, the, uh, um, the World's Fair. Yeah. Him and another kid made fake bus of the Ponte Vecchio, a statue in Rome, and they, they had made fake, like, uh, notes from the Pope and stuff, and they were selling. God, come on, really? Yeah. I was telling oh, Joe about this. He was, he was, he was, a, he was a master counterfeiter. Was, well, no, I was telling Joe about the, that, that these things that they were doing, I can't remember the name of the case, and asked, no, it wasn't asking it was somebody else, but they were making these, uh, like, cashmere sweaters, which weren't cashmere. And which, and which, the first time you wash them, they fall apart. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was he was doing uh, jewelry and, and, and uh, oh he would take stones into his into his possession and replace them with fake stones. He. This guy, you know, we actually ended up being friends, which is really yeah, I know. He's a he's a criminal, and, and you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be one of the good guys, but he he <laughs> he told me that he liked me so much because. I didn't rough him up like they did in other jurisdictions. <laughs> that. But, I mean, they treated him badly. I don't mean with a hammer and chisel or anything, right. but, but they were rough on him. And, and I made an appointment with him to meet him, and I brought some cannoli and some coffee. And Aren't you guys? We yeah. sat and we talked, and then he talked to me, and he gave me information that we used and, you know, that was helpful in the industry. So uh, you don't have to be rough to get information. No, but you did have to put cuffs on him, right? 
Oh, I, I, I didn't cuff him, actually. No. I mean, technically, I, I processed him as a person, yeah, but I met him at the barracks. He, met, he came and we met, and uh, when he when he left, they actually, a lot of news agencies had gotten word, and we, we allowed him even to go out the side door. So we, we he remembered that, and then he sent me a Christmas card, which is really strange. <laughs> I love this. Through headquarters, but, yeah. and I responded, and, and, and we ended up doing some speeches at some colleges, and just a weird relationship. And you know, Jerry, I got to tell you, one of the things I, 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 I'm a big fan of the Boston mob. The, uh, yeah. the great, uh, Whitey Bulger and his crew. Oh, yeah. You know, stuff that uh, Howie Carr writes about. But, I mean, it was it was like, you know, it was fun to read about Providence because they kind of loomed large in the story of the Irish Mafia up and because they tried to move into Boston, they couldn't do it. It was very difficult. Right. But, I mean, there's... In, so in this case, I mean, it, it was discovered that he was... He was given a lot of his startup money by the by the Patriot Guild Patriarch. Yes, yes. My favorite. So Louis Louis uh, Monacchio, or a guy they call Baby Shanks, was running the thing at the time. And Junior was locked up in federal prison, and I actually flew out to Illinois to interview Junior, and God. he sucked me right in. He, oh, he beat oh, they're me. good. I got I got all the way out there. Got in the little room. He came in. He looked in the window. He says, "Nah, I don't want to do it. I'm going back to the cell." Oh wow! So I had to—I never got to talk to him. But um, that's you know, it's really weird because you know, number one, Patriarcha. I mean, who's the guy that gave some guy like half a million dollars? He was going to buy some property in Vegas, and some guy got a hold of him, some geologist, and got him buying properties that allegedly had oil on them. But the one—I yeah. mean, you're killing yourself, I mean, Patriarcha. You'd be afraid of that guy, Ray. Oh, Good yeah. old Ray. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, one of the when Foxwoods first opened, we became really good, uh, closely connected to the Rhode Island State Police and, and the intelligence units there. And uh, and and I would walk through with they would make me flashcards of organized crime guys. That really? In pockets. So you'd be ready and for I could, them. And I could pick them out, and I was giving them intel back and forth, and it worked cool. out well for the both of us for a while. Hey, in doing research for this, I also yeah. found out that you wrote a book about the state police. How was that? What was that like? Um. Well, I contributed to a couple, mostly for internal, for our, our own consumption, members yeah. and family and stuff, on the history of the state police. But I wrote one through the Arcadia right. book company, which are those books you see everywhere on towns yep. and companies and, right. and mill towns and all that stuff. Really cool stuff. They're very easy to write. And I did one on the state police. Um, it was pretty well received, but all the money goes to our, uh, our museum. We have a museum. Which you're still actively involved with, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the chairman of the museum. That would be actively involved. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm the president of the Alumni Association. So. Oh, that's kind of cool. I would say, how has, yeah. How, yeah. Hey, how, in the time we've got left, how dip, much more difficult has the job of the state troopers become, Jerry, from the time you started to now? Um, I, well, I tell you, I, I have a different theory than most. Okay. Uh, or, or maybe you it's a shared theory, but it's not out there, I don't think, as much as it should be. My theory was, when I did what I did, everybody didn't have a lawyer or a cell phone. Right. Not true. Right. And if something happened, if there was a shooting, let's say, involved with a police officer in Minnesota, you didn't hear about it in Connecticut. Right. But you hear about it instantly. Exactly. On CNN, MSNBC, your station, this station, that's it. Everything's broadcast instantaneously. Yeah. I don't think anything's happening anymore or any less than it always has been. It's just more broadly. Exactly. I think it's right a great now. point. You know what? That's For a great now. point. You know, Jerry, let me ask you a final question here for me. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, who's running? Is it individuals now that are trying to scam casinos or is it an organized thing? Oh, it's both. 
fault. We get hit from every single angle, um, inside and out. Sometimes there's collusion between our, our uh, employees at casinos and outside family members. And, but there are organized teams of cheats that go around. That's a whole. That's a whole other area. <laughs> well, you got you know, a lot. Your next book. You got a lot of stories to tell, my friend. We should get you in here for an hour. Yeah. Wind you up and yeah. let you go because this is good stuff. Uh, Jerry, How, do you guys pay? Please. No, I'm only gambling. <laughs> That's Billy Preston once so That's eloquently cool. saying. I only look for I only look for donations. I don't take money. As Billy Preston once so eloquently saying, nothing from nothing leaves nothing. There you go. Jerry Longo, the retired state police detective Thanks sergeant. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate it.